in Shambo's dreams, are we all chickens or are we all survivors? This is Survivor Analytics, the show where we discuss the tactics that will get you to be the sole survivor. I'm the voice of the people. My name's Jack. With me, as always, is the true expert. Say hi, Clyde. What's up, party people? I did not expect that for the intro track, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited to hit this episode. This episode surprised me a lot. This today. is a big episode. Yeah. Today we're going through episode 12, technically, but 13 on Paramount Plus of Survivor Samoa. All the other episodes are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, but Jack, I guess what about this episode ca- caught you off guard? I mean, first and foremost, I think it goes without saying that the uh, the the format of the episode we we spent a long time last week discussing. There's three episodes left, and four people need to go home. Wh- who's gonna f- quit? Who's gonna go out? With a medevac, right? Yeah, looking and back, that's a pretty cruel that. conversation that we had over making predictions over who was going to get sick or injured. And then it was all for nothing at the end of the day because we just had two tribal councils instead. Yeah, we really expected somebody to like have a medical reason to leave. And instead, it was just the producers cramming a couple into one episode. Um, so Honestly, though, so you know, I, I didn't mind it, though. No, no, I I liked the pace. So this episode, there is no reward. There are two tribal councils back-to-back nights. Um, The other thing that really caught me off guard right off the jump, if you're watching this season and you didn't watch the bonus episode of, you know, the last 27 days or whatever it was called, we, Clyde and I, you know, while we were watching the show, we're trying to piece this together. At some point, not in the episodes we have discussed on this podcast, Russell reveals to Mick that he makes millions of dollars, that he's a millionaire. And that becomes a central plot point in this episode, and that had not been shown in a previous full episode of the show. It It's really weird. It makes that episode not feel like a bonus one anymore. Right. Because there's I mean, that component. We saw that preview an episode or two back where Russell is releasing one of the chickens. And I'm mm-hmm. assuming that is from the bonus as well. So at some point, I want to go back and just watch that on my own. Because yeah. I'm wondering if there's other things that we might be missing because of that one episode. Well, I mean, last week I would have made a joke that that's the episode where Brett really shines, but turns out this was the episode where Brett really shines. After- I don't know if Brett really shines this episode as much as he's just present. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. For Brett, shining is um, being noticed, right? He's the kid in the back of the classroom who uh, there's a joke in Arrested Development where one of the characters was so nondescript in elementary school that he spent three years in the third grade because nobody noticed. Okay. Um, and that's what Brett kind of feels like is he's been so – like I'd almost expect for Jeff to go, yeah, there's seven of you. And then a producer goes, actually, Jeff, Brett's still here. And he's like, oh, my bad. There's eight of you. Yeah. Even um, even with eight people left, I feel like Brett is still getting shafted in terms of screen time. But we can hop right in. Um, let's do it. So Iga returns from camp, and they have just voted out John in the previous episode. And the question that's on everybody's mind is, how is Shambo going to respond to this? 
Last mm-hmm. episode, she was set on eliminating Dave at all costs, and her alliance flips on her, gets rid of John instead, and there's this worry that maybe Shambo will flip back over to the Galoo group because they didn't go her way. Right. That was resolved incredibly quickly. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it really speaks to how strong of a relationship Russell has developed with her. I mean, Mick was certain of it. Russell was certain of it. They were like, look, when Jason raised the concern about Shambo flipping, it took two seconds and one little lie for Russell to calm her down. Yeah. All uh, Russell ba- says is yeah, that, yeah, all Russell says is that John was gunning for Shambo and Russell didn't want to tell Shambo because Shambo had made a promise to John that she would not write his name down and Russell didn't mm-hmm. want to force her hand to go back on that promise. Right. And somehow that works. <laughs> yeah. And, and Shambo even says, I would not have put his name down. And so, I mean, she almost seems appreciative that Russell has somehow saved her honor, which is a wild spin to get blindsided and then in Be thankful. 20 minutes feel grateful. Yeah. Do you think this um, is more good gameplay by Russell or just passive gameplay from Shambo? Uh,. It's, I mean, Russ, it, this was the manifestation of previous good gameplay by Russell. He's built that relationship to the point where he could put out this fire with a flick of the wrist, right? It is so trivial for him that he, even when Jason was genuinely worried about it, Russell fixes it like it's nothing because it genuinely is nothing for him to resolve this problem. Yeah. So I think it was good gameplay on his part. He, he deserves a lot of credit. Up. I remember yeah. a couple episodes back, we criticized Russell for showing Shambo the idol. And this was really the fruit of that labor where he took all that time to build that relationship. And this is the moment where he needed Shambo more than any other point in the game. And it works right. out for him. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, it goes well. Um, so the next thing that I have written down, and I wanted to question you about this, is the conversation between Jason, Monica, and Brett. Yeah. Um, essentially, Jason goes over to Monica and Brett, where uh, and they make some sort of morbid remark about how they're getting ready to, you know, how to handle getting voted out, right? Because they're in the minority, and oh, poor us. Um, and Jason essentially. Uh, starts talking up his resume in the game. He's ca- he's, he's actively campaigning as if they're already on the jury. Right. And so I, I wanted to get your two cents on this. Um, is this a good move? Is this overly blatant? I mean, it, he's just going over and striking up a conversation to toot his own horn. Uh, and they kind of... It sounds like they believe on. it. Yeah, I, I think it's good and bad. So there's parts of Jason's speech here that I really like, and there's other parts I think are terrible. So the good part that I like is that he tells them that him and Russell are equal allies in their group and that they're both making strategic decisions. Right. And he says that he's using Russell almost as the bulldog, where Russell's the face of the operation that gets all the blame. But in reality, Jason is the one making the decisions. That's a good thing yeah. to tell Brett and Monica because they'll respect that. But honestly, I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not true. I mean, I, it is. There's no 
realm in which Jason has been the captain of the ship, right? He yeah. is along for the ride. I think he's been the captain a couple times. I went back and looked. I think he was the captain on the Ben vote in the pre-merge because mm-hmm. he's the one that put his foot mm-hmm. down and said, I-, I will only vote for Ben. And yeah. he was in some way the leader of the Eric vote at the merge where he came up with the idea, but Natalie was more the one that actually executed it. So Mm -hmm. Jason has had some instances where he's shown strategic prowess, but to say that he was the real mastermind behind this FOA FOA operation is just a straight up lie. That's not how it's worked all season. Yeah. And especially in the recent past, right in the post merge, he has really taken a backseat. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, 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 I think this is the right time for him to make that play, right? To start having those conversations and at least establish some baseline, right? Something to, you know, I mean, something that comes up a few times in this episode is the question of who would Russell take to a final three? Yeah. And if it's Jason and Nick, this is Jason's attempt to put it himself clearly above Mick and to bring Russell down. Um, Which isn't a bad move. I think if he waits till final tribal council to do that, the group won't believe him. Yeah. Uh, Because then it's just him talking to talk, right? Yeah. The other thing in this conversation I wanted to point out is um, uh, when Brett speaks and it shows his occupation, did you remember this? It caught me off guard. I I have no clue what Brett does for a living. (laughs) What is it? Okay, would you like to guess? I guarantee you, um, you will not guess. My it. guess is that it's going to be the most NPC job known to man. So I'm going to guess like pro- project or like product manager. In a sense, you're not far off. Uh, it is kind of an NPC job. He's a t-shirt designer. Oh, okay. Wow. Which he's is- a t-shirt designer and I think he's wearing just a solid purple t-shirt in <laughs> The whole season. Uh, yeah. You oh, would think I mean, if you're a t-shirt designer, you would at least try to show off your skills a little bit. But Brett, he flies under the radar, both in gameplay and in his occupation. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really another one of those things that really dates the show. Because I feel like 2009, that was that era where everybody had the cool, quirky graphic tees, right? Threadless or whatever, where yeah. it was like the, the, a, a good graphic tee could make or break you. Uh, so I just wanted to throw out that for a little flavor. Yeah. One um, other thing I want to mention though, about this Jason conversation, oh, yes. I yes, said yes, that yes. the good part was him taking credit for the game, even though it wasn't true because it worked out and they believed him. The yeah. major flaw he makes in this conversation is he leaks his plan to Monica and Brett. And he tells them that on day 36, Russell's idol will no longer be valid because the latest you can play it is the final five. So day right. 36 is final four. Jason's plan is to beat Russell in the final immunity challenge and then vote him out. Right. So I don't think that's a bad plan, but to leak that to the minority here is dis- like disastrous because it's so, so easy for them to leak that information to Russell and say, do you really want to keep Jason around? He's a great physical player. Are mm-hmm. you really going to take that bet on yourself to beat him in a challenge on day 36? And I, I think it's a really – this you have picked up on what it turns out to be really something that I think gets the ball rolling for Monica. So let's really keep that in mind as we go on in this episode because yeah. 
um, I think what you described right there comes true. Yeah. Um, Last thing I want to mention from that conversation is Monica tells Jason that as they're looking towards the end of the game, the two people that are most likely to get jury votes are one Russell, which makes sense. And the second is Mick. And I wanted to ask you, why is Mick perceived as this jury threat all of a sudden? I think it's just because he is like a nice guy. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a shot at Mick for no other reason than to take it. Um, Mick is a golden retriever. He that's is, a good comparison. He's really sweet. He's really fluffy. He's lovable. He's, he's really fun loyal. To look at and he's really got no tactical bone in his body, right? Like uh, we have not seen him play much strategy, right? He more so than Jason has taken a backseat on Foa Foa. Out of the four of them, he I would argue is by far the most passive. Yeah, and he's um, also your winner pick. Oh, dang. I, I keep, I genuinely forget that every week that I said that. Uh, and <laughs> to be I fair, do, it was, I think it was around like three or four podcasts ago, but you got to roll with Mick until yeah. he either makes the end or he goes home. Yeah. I, I, I'm stuck on that island, but um, uh, I'm yeah. set for the immunity challenge if you are. Yeah. So, um, Oh, okay. The other thing to throw out is that Jason mentions, I believe in this conversation to Monica and Brett, he does tell them how much money Russell makes. Yeah. And and later on in the show, he will deny that he did so. He says he doesn't remember doing it, but obviously he did. Um, so just another thing to throw out. How did you feel about this immunity challenge. I hated it <laughs> so much. This so, is the season of Survivor Backyard Games. We've done bocce ball. <laughs> we've done uh, T-ball. T-ball. And now we have bowling, <laughs> so, which makes no sense. Why are we doing a bowling tournament in the middle of the jungle? <laughs> so the bowling tournament is basically they, what they want it to feel like is that you're rolling coconuts down the alley, although they're clearly not coconuts. There's coconuts all over the scent, right? Uh, to kind of emphasize, they're these brown sort of bowling balls and tiki-fied uh, bowling pins. And essentially, it's a bracket where you get two bowls, you get a single frame of bowling, and the highest score continues on. Right. That's one thing I liked. I was worried that they were going to say you only get one shot at the pins. Oh, that would have been terrible. They did that uh, in T-Ball and they did that, I think it was last week in the immunity challenge where they had to throw or shoot things at those oh, plates yeah. that broke. They love giving no, them only one chance. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, that would have been, it, it's odd because it almost feels like the producers are saying, yeah, we're really pressed for time and we need to speed this up. When they're Which on is a also strange island. because they've had medical evacuations. Typically, when a medevac happens, the schedule opens up because you lose a player earlier than you expected. Right. And they've had I medevacs mean, and they're still rushing through these challenges. Well, they're rushing through the challenges and there's two immunity challenges back to back. There's no reward. So they're actually speeding up even with the medevac. Yeah. Um, I have some highlights from bowling, though, that I wrote down. I have... I have three. So so do you want to trade off? Yeah. Can I start? I, I love my Please. first one. 
Please. My first one is a quote from Shambo. Oh, yes. Okay. It, yep, yep, yep. it is. This is for all my friends that play in a bowling league. Shambo yeah. having friends in a bowling league is the most Shambo thing I've ever heard. I was not surprised at all when I heard that. I'm surprised that Shambo didn't say this is for all my friends in my bowling league. She seems like the type to run a bowling league. Like frankly. be the be the headpiece of it. Be the commissioner. Yeah, like she she is bowling personified. I mean that that was my first highlight as well. That was just a delicious quote, and I yeah. you could it goes almost, in the list of incredible Shambo quotes. She, she's leading you, right now for best quotes on the season. Oh, for sure. If you listen very carefully to this moment. You can hear the producers high-fiving off camera because it, it, it is so quintessentially Shambo. Like, honestly, if they had to do like a wrap-up recap of the season, that's the and they and every player gets one quote to sum themselves up. That's Shambo's. For I sure. wonder if they included this challenge because of Shambo. So when it's Survivor films, they do two seasons back to back in a single summer. And for this one, they did season 19 and season 20, uh, literally a couple weeks apart. Like season 19 wraps and then they start season 20 just two weeks later. Is it also in Samoa? Yes. Uh, Season 20 is heroes versus villains. It's widely regarded as like the best season of all time. And it's only returning players. And I can tell you in that season, they don't run the bowling challenge. So that means they included it only in this season when conveniently Shambo was there. And then they pulled it out when she left. So, so the question that raises is, do they reuse other challenges from this season? I would need to go back and check, but I think they do reuse some of them. If you remember that really violent challenge early in the season where Ben kicks somebody, oh, the basketball. they yeah. use that one again. See, that would be very good in a hero's villains setting. Yeah. Um, well, so that was also my first highlight. What was your next highlight? Okay, highlight number two. Brett steps up to the plate. It's time for him to roll the bowling ball. He rolls two gutter balls, which is the most Brett thing to happen in this scenario. Yeah, just like we've gotten the uh, the essence of Shambo, that's the essence of Brett right there. Absolute non-contributor. Was that your second thing too? No, no. Actually, mine was uh, – actually, I've, I've just looked a little closer – uh, my two are actually just one. I have one other highlight. Uh, Dave gets a strike. And I noticed, and I've noticed this before, but this is the time I wrote it down. Jeff always calls Dave, Dave Ball. Yeah. He, what's up with that? So Jeff does this sometimes where when whenever he really likes a contestant, he'll call them by their last name. Oh, so it's kind of a, a, a you know. It's a mark of respect. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's weird because he typically does it with really good players. Um, a good example is there's a guy named John Cochran that plays in a later season that Jeff exclusively only calls Cochran. Okay. <laughs> and he does it typically with strong players. He does it most often with guys for some reason. Kind but of a Dave sportsmanship Ball, thing. I guess. Dave Ball does not deserve, deserve the title of Dave Ball. He should be just Dave in my opinion. Okay. I mean – Good to know. I'm I'm glad it's it's a thing and not just this weird like in my mind is the voice of the people. I was wondering like is there some director or producer on the show whose name is also Dave, so you're calling the contestant by his full name to keep them straight? No. <laughs> okay. This is just a um, Jeff manner 
Mannerism. Is that the right okay. word? I think it is. Mannerism. Man, yeah. Mannerism is when a man has an aneurysm. Oh, okay, uh, which okay. Is a very different thing. Uh, I do actually have one more. I'm I'm reading my notes terribly, but my you go ahead. What's your next one? Well, I got my last one. Okay, yeah. Okay, my last one is the final matchup. You have Jason uh-huh. versus Shambo oh, for all the marbles. The, the yep. winner here gets individual immunity. I'm on the edge of my seat because I want to see Shambo win just one challenge because I think it'd be hilarious. Yes, um, especially Shambo, this one, her, her essence. Yeah, Shambo goes up you know, the veteran of the bowling league and she rolls two gutter balls in the final matchup and hands Jason the win. So Jason gets his second straight individual immunity win of the season. Jason has literally has to score one point for his second immunity. I mean, it was, um, it's a really anticlimactic ending. If there's anything more quintessential than Shambo bowling, it's Shambo absolutely failing at bowling. (laughs) And just making it to the final to flop literally as mathematically badly as possible. Yeah, and she did a good job up until that final round. I mean, she made it to the final uh, and then just chokes terribly. Uh, But so Jason wins second immunity. And then the next thing I have is the first in a series of very interesting conversations between Monica and Russell. Oh, okay. I have a conversation before the Monica and Russell combo. Before that, yeah. I have a conversation between Monica and Dave. And mm-hmm. they they know they're on the bottom. So right. they want to start a plan to eliminate Shambo to try to save Dave. And they know that Russell is the player that's always going to be thinking about making some kind of strategic move. So they target him as the best opportunity to pull pull onto their side and make something happen. Right. So I want to ask you, like, given the positioning of Dave, Monica, and Brett, do you think that Shambo is actually the best person for them to target right now? No. Definitely not. Who, who would not. have been better? I would have gone for Mick in this situation. Really? Okay. I said I would, I would go for Russell himself. I don't think at this stage it... It doesn't strike me as terribly likely, just given the atmosphere, that other FOA FOA members would turn on Russell at this stage, right? Yeah. They would have to do a lot of – I'm not saying it's not possible, but the there would have needed to be a lot more conversations between here and then, uh, where I think Russell turning – his attention, right? The eye of Sauron, Sauron's character from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, t- turning his flaming eye onto one of his own members is more likely than getting one of his own members to just right away shift because Russell's the one who turns on a dime, right? The others move slow and they usually move on his whim. Uh, so that, that was my two cents, but wh- what would you have done? Would you have gone for Russell himself? I think the move might actually actually be to go for Russell himself because I think Russell has two people in his pocket. I think he has mm-hmm. Shambo in his pocket, and I think he has Natalie. Those are two players right. that I don't ever see voting against him. And yeah. neither of them, I think, have given any confessionals this season where they've expressed uh, an intention of getting rid of Russell. No, not even remotely. Not, not even doubt about him. So Russell's but- insulated 
in at least in a core alliance of three. So if you want to yeah. take a shot at Russell, your opportunities are going to be at eight and at seven. Once you hit six, Russell has his core alliance of three and he has the immunity idol. So that's the argument I would pitch to Jason and Mick and say, it's okay if you want to wait till seven, but the longer you wait, the higher chance it is of Russell making a run. And why not just get rid of him now? And if they t- kick out Russell now, they still hold the numbers. But so they know because Jason has said it, uh, Monica knows he has the idol. So if you're Monica, what is the play here? Hey, we're going to all go for Russell, force the idol, risk his little minority taking one of us out because he plays the idol. Yeah. And then we get him next time with the four of us that remain. I think the value of that strategy comes in breaking up that alliance. If you get someone from FOA to turn on Russell, even mm-hmm. if a member of Galoo is voted out, there's official cracks in that group. Right. And they're not going to be as cohesive of a unit in, in future votes. Yeah. But that's their plan. I know you mentioned the Monica Russell conversation. So what happens there? Well, so, well, so, so, um, so Monica goes to Russell and, uh, basically starts talking about how it might be a good idea to keep Dave around. And uh, essentially uh, talks to Russell enough that Russell starts to see Dave as a potential asset and then goes and talks to Dave. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was kind of the gist of this first Monica-Russell conversation. That's all I captured from it. Monica's um, trying to force the vote on Shambo instead of Dave, but her reasoning is pretty strange. She mm-hmm. claims that Shambo, if she were to reach the end, is a bigger jury threat than Dave, which I don't see at all. Shambo has no, I, two enemies <laughs> on the jury already, and probably more as more people go there in the long run. Uh, but oh, Russell absolutely. believes this, and he doesn't see Dave as a major threat. The quote I wrote down from him is, just think, me, Dave, for a million dollars, it's a no-brainer. So yeah. in Russell's mind, he sweeps Dave. And honestly, I think if Dave makes it to the end against Russell, Dave might beat him. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing is I was surprised by how poorly Russell read this situation. Nobody likes Shamba. Nobody. Especially nobody on that jury already. Uh, and everybody who's left is thoroughly aware that she is a puppet at best and a nuisance at worst. Um, so why Russell thinks, oh, I'm going to take sh- – I, I could lose against Shambo is ridiculous. And the only way it works – and I think um, it might be this conversation or it might be the next one where Monica says, look, I know that I'm voting based on need. And I know, and I think this might be the next next conversation they have. Um, she basically implies that. Um, I think that's the next conversation they have, actually. So we'll come back to that. Wait, next conversation between who? Monica and Russell. Okay. Where okay. Monica brings up Russell's. Oh, for the second tribal situation. council, you mean? Yeah, that's okay. in the next conversation. Yeah, the we'll last thing I've written that. down before this first tribal council is a conversation between Shambo, Russell, and Mick. Uh, Mick tells Shambo that the Galoo members are gunning for her, and Shambo has mm-hmm. another incredible quote I wrote down. It's, they've been gunning for me since day one. It's because I'm the sham with the plan. It's hard uh-huh. to compete with me. That, that's uh-huh. a great line. 
It's a great line, and Mick loves it. I noted that. Mick At was that like, moment, Mick knew he would not write down Shambo's name. Yeah. Oh, but so Russell speaks with Dave, and essentially uh, uh, Monica talks to Russell. Russell goes to Dave, and they essentially make a plan that Russell will bring Natalie, Dave will bring Brett and Monica, and they'll take out Shambo. Yeah. Did you believe that when it was when Russell said that? I tell you what. I was surprised when it didn't happen. Really? Uh, I, see, I never bought that plan to begin with. I, I cannot read Russell. Like, thank God for confessionals or I would believe nearly. The hard part is everything he says sounds like a lie to the point where I think everything he says could be true or could be a lie. And I can't tell the difference. Yeah, I think he makes the right choice. Like you at least need to entertain the idea of making yeah. that flip because if you yeah. straight up shoot them down and say no I, I won't do it then there's always a risk of someone having an idol and if they know where all the votes are going you you want to give the minority hope even if it is you know pretty deceptive but that's Fleeting. just how the game works yeah so yeah i'm ready to go to tribal council if you are so um this might have been a quote in tribal council or it might have been beforehand I didn't write down the context and I watched this 24 hours ago and I cannot remember for the life of me where this this converse, this quote came from. I just wrote down, quote, the Lord provides. Does that ring a bell? I don't remember what that's from. That somebody, sounds familiar though. Yeah, somebody at some point said that between those conversations and and maybe in tribal. But so it's it's I guess keep an eye out if you're going to go watch the show after this discussion. But um uh, so tribal council rolls yeah, let's around. Go to tribal. Let's do it. I don't have a ton of notes from this. The one note I have is the jury rolls up and Eric mm-hmm. Cardona is seen wearing the deepest V-neck known to mankind. <laughs> I was shook because up until now, Ru- not Russell, uh, Eric's been pretty modest in what he's wearing. And this is mm-hmm. really out of left field. I have no issue with it. It's just very out of character for him. Yeah, so what I noted, and I noted it more in the next tribal than this one, is I think that the uh, jury members are having a little bit of like Samoan immersion because in the next one, they're wearing like traditional garb. And I I don't know the proper term for it, but the sort of, um, I don't know if it's a sari or a wrap or skirt, but John is wearing like a traditional Samoan kind of skirt. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. In in the next one, I believe. So I think that they, while they're on the jury, are getting some sort of Samoan cultural experience. Oh, that's fun. Um, So maybe uh, the deep V was part of that, or maybe it's just, uh, you know, wardrobe hands him a shirt and he's like, nah, (laughs) deeper. More. I want this V to my sternum, baby. They went through six V-necks until he got the one that he wanted. <laughs> I need a capital V, son. Yeah. But, but so th- the only quote that I have written down is uh, when they're discussing John's blind side and how Shambo was caught off guard. Shambo says, I think I was more blindsided than John. Which and and it's such blatant jury pandering that Jeff calls her out. Yeah. Uh, is Honestly, any... I don't know if it was jury pandering. I think Sham. <laughs> I don't know if Shambo is thinking that way to pander to the jury. I think she was genuinely shocked 
and she can't oh, put sure. herself in John's shoes that John was more shocked than her. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, um, that's a good point because it, to say that Shambo is pandering implies that she had an awareness of strategy. Yeah. And so I guess that's not even a fair assumption to make. But I did think it was a funny line, especially to get John's reaction. Oh, yeah. I think he just, like, raises his eyebrows and laughs. Um, but the uh, votes come uh, and in. And the votes come in. It's a 7 of 1. All seven yeah. votes on Dave, one on Shambo from Dave himself. So yeah. Dave gets thrown out of there pretty quick. I noticed a lot of people wrote Danger Dave on uh, yeah. the parchment. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that was his nickname all season. No, I thought his nickname was Dave Ball because that's what Jeff's been calling him. Yeah, like, so I don't know. Maybe Dave Ball was a cooler guy than what we actually got to see. I almost wonder if if there's a secret different edit of this show where Brett is an Adonis uh, who is beloved by everybody and Dave is, is this daredevil who goes like diving into the reef for food. Like, um, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I believe the Dave component, the Brett might have the Brett idea might have some legs to it. Cause I get the vibe yeah. that people genuinely like Brett. Yeah. We hear more and more in the back half of this episode. Oh, oh, well, so I'll say it right now. Foa Foa have the majority. They're filing out of tribal and Laura talks to Brett and says, stay strong or something like that. Yeah. So like, do you think that's Laura showing support for Brett as an individual, or is that Laura showing showing support for the Galoo members against the that FOA FOA alliance? I mean, that seems pretty individual. Like like at this point, right? I mean, I it struck me as individual. Yeah. I, I thought so too. When she said that, I that was the first time this entire season where I thought, can Brett actually win this because he just has a lot of friends on the jury? Uh, I mean, honestly, if it depends, right? If um, it, if it's a Brett Russell, uh, Natalie, right? Okay, I think that's a feasible potential, right? No, I think Brett wins. We're getting into a lot of <laughs> off-topic things here, but I think Brett wins in most combinations of that seven that are left, but. Looking at that day vote that we just had, I had a couple of questions for you. Yeah. One of them is, is there anything Dave could have done at this point to actually save himself? Or was his, sate, was his fate sealed the moment that Laura was eliminated and that new alliance took mm. control? I think he did everything he could. I mean, he managed to stick, right? Although part of that was John calling out Russell on the idol. He managed to last a little bit longer. Um, honestly... I don't think between the the attempted play, right, that he and Monica try, that was a good attempt. I mean, if they'd been a little more compelling, maybe Russell could have actually flipped and brought Natalie, but I don't think there was anything else he could have done. I think he played his best um, yeah. there in the end. I didn't particularly like him. <laughs> okay. Um, I just, I mean, I didn't think he was a good sportsman. You know, yeah, I mean, you got really upset in the pre-merge when he yelled at somebody during a challenge, and I feel like you've been yeah, holding he, that grudge for like a month and a half now. Look, I, I, something that that Dave struggles with multiple times it, that does not strike me as hard is just being decent to the other people on the island with you. 
it's the fundamental requirement for jury management, right? Well, if you're I think he's decent to the people on the island. No, but he compared to everybody else we see, he gets into it with Russell Swan. He gets into it with Shambo. Both times just have running his mouth, right? See, I that's think already. That's I think those are instances worst. of Dave poking people that are that will easily enter an argument. Right, I put the blame pokes, more on right? his ability to read the situation. I don't think Dave is this naturally argumentative person. He well, just wasn't able to read Shambo and Russell well. No, I, I absolutely think he is a naturally argumentative person because he, uh, in challenges, in the heat of the moment, multiple times, is just – I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to swear on this podcast, but he's just kind of shitty to his teammates. Yeah, he, and, he is, but that's part and, of being Danger Dave. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the baseline. If there's anywhere where you want to be unequivocally solid, no deception, all enthusiasm, all loyalty, it's in the heat of the competition, and he can't muster that. Um, that genuinely, like, he could have saved a, a puppy from a burning building on the island outside of a challenge. And I, I, because of how crappy he is to his teammates in the challenge, still didn't like him. Um, okay. Because I, I think that any jury management you want to do, if you're in the heat of the moment and your teammate is telling you to shut up while you're trying to be encouraging or helpful uh, multiple and tells you to shut up multiple times, that's no bueno. And uh, <laughs> That's fair. It, I will it, say, it, yeah. I will say I've been making my – player rankings on the season and i do have okay. dave as the worst player to make the merge but we'll get more into those when that time that's, comes that's very interesting yeah but i i i can see it last question because i have I, for you on this dave yeah, yeah. vote is why do you think brett and monica joined the alliance and put their votes on dave instead of rolling with the shambo plan i tell you what i think it's to just uh like blend in yeah I blend in, not put a target on their backs, not um, – yeah, I think it's just a safety thing okay, and kind of a herd mentality. I, I, I think if we'd seen some more confessionals or conversations, there could be more to it, but I don't think we saw it. Yeah. So I'll say that. After that tribal council, Iga returns to camp, and there's a new target forming, and it's on Brett. So we mm-hmm. see this conversation between Russell and Mick where Russell uh-huh. claims that – Brett's likability makes him a major threat in the game, and he's capable of winning it all. And I wonder oh, I, if Russell I, overheard Laura's comment, but mm-hmm. he never says that straight up. I mean, so I, I wrote down the quote, Brett is way too likable. He'd get 100% of the vote. That's crazy. Russell. Can you imagine? Which, I mean, this is – this. I, I'm standing up for this. I'm heated. Um, this, this was such a leap, right? Um from previous episodes i don't get the editors must have screwed up right the fact that the narrative so quickly shifts to brett and it's not a surprise everybody's talking brett all of a sudden it's the brett show the next (laughs) half hour of television is the brett show and how he's Uh, like the golden child that's friends with everybody he's the radiant sweet summer child he really is. And the fact that we have seen 
nothing to the point where it's been a meme between us for the last six weeks. And now this is just such a, a sea change that I, it blew my mind. And if any former editors or producers who worked on this season are listening, you did a terrible job with this part, man. Yeah, I, I felt bad for Brett. Earned. Like, but so they're targeting Brett. Um, and then we jump the right challenge, to Yeah, we jump right to immunity. So you want to break down how this challenge works? So I, I, I tell you what, I personally loved this challenge. I thought it was a ton of fun. It's one that I would like to attempt. Some of these, I, I tend to rank challenges by how much fun I think I would have doing them. Oh, okay. Um, Where did bowling a, rank for you? <laughs> uh, bowling, bowling ranked higher than bocce. Higher than bocce ball? <laughs> higher than bocce ball. Uh, higher than t-ball? <laughs> lower than t-ball, actually. I, I genuinely think if they gave everybody three shots with that t-ball, that could have been a pretty fun challenge. Um, but so this challenge was everybody has a tower. Uh, and everybody has a raft out floating in the waves. On that raft are three essentially big bean bags. And under each tower, there's a seesaw, basically, right? A plank over a, a log. And one at a time, one bag at a time, you run out into the water, get one bag, come all the way back up, up the shore, put the bag on the end of the seesaw, jump on the other end and you're trying to catapult the beanbag into the top of the, your tower. And uh, I thought it was pretty fun. It looked exhausting. Um, I was yeah, a little it looked worried. Rough. There was a shot of Natalie where she genuinely looked emaciated. And that's not a word you ever want to hear used about anything, especially a human. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's the combination of it's a strenuous challenge, but these people haven't been eating well for right. close to a month now. So oh, yeah. this challenge alone would be difficult. But on top of all the hunger and just like lack of energy, that adds a whole nother element. One yeah, highlight I, mean, I wrote down for this is uh, mixed ass is showing the entire time. Oh, the production yeah. has to blur it out. out. Like how, and you know what that says is that there was so much ass that they had to blur it. Cause I feel like a little crack is not the end of the world. Right. Like, <laughs> like you, were, be, you want them to free mix crack. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying that like, there have definitely been moments where like a little bit of, a little bit of crack is visible for other people. Yeah, walking I was, around I the was house. thinking, are you kidding me? Last episode, they did a whole sexy shower scene with natalie yeah. they had no issue showing her body there but the second yeah. a little bit of crack shows for mick the the editors are thinking no way yeah so maybe it was like a pretty dramatic amount of crack maybe that's what it was is it was like maybe there's some guideline for tv where you're only allowed to show a certain amount and it crossed the line yeah um uh, but so the other thing i'll throw out is uh for every possible moment in this challenge, we got a Brett reaction shot. Like, just visually, they're really pushing Brett on us. It, it's too and little too late. You can't try to establish him as the main character with just seven people left. Yeah, I mean, and they really, really try. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, but, to be fair, Brett wins immunity and wins it handily. It wasn't close. I love that. I wrote down in my notes, 
Chef Brett just finished his first meal because we've been saying for a while, Brett, he's been cooking. And this he's episode, in the he finally finished cooking. And I he's was so happy the, for him. He's got the sous vide. He's got the slow cooker. He's, he's yeah. working away. It only took him this steady. long. But the worst part about this is he wins immunity and I'm excited. What's Brett going to say? Because typically Jeff will ask the winner something. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, how does it feel? You've had this dream to be on Survivor. What's it like to win an immunity challenge? Brett doesn't mm-hmm. say anything. No, nope, not a <laughs> Jeff word. Jeff doesn't ask him a question. Brett smiles while he wears the immunity necklace and says absolutely nothing. And then we move <laughs> on. Well, so uh, just a couple other things to throw out. While Brett has been marinating and, and comes out on top here, when he wins this immunity, I – so – I'll admit, normally when I watch the show, I'm alone in my apartment, you know, uh, because of course I am. I'm recording a podcast about Survivor. Of course I'm alone in my apartment when I watch it. Um, I, I tend to talk to the TV a little bit. Okay. And I'll, I'll get hyped, right? I'll clap at a, an exciting moment. Did you stand uh, up when this happened? I stood up and yelled, God damn it, Brett. Wait, like, what? Was, you didn't want him to win? No, I didn't want him to win. He hasn't earned anything. He that's, hasn't earned screen time. That's why I'm rooting for him, just to see how long this ridiculous like, inside I, joke can run for. I, I mean, it was genuinely uh, preposterous. And then we go back to camp, and I wrote this down. And you know what? I bet you did too. Uh, Shambo comes up to Brett, and do you know what she says? No, I didn't write this down. Wait, what does she say? She says, baby boy busts out the moves. Oh, nice. And kisses him. Oh, man. Yeah, see, he's the golden child, dude. Everybody loves him now. Everybody loves him. And it's like like they decided when they were editing the season to um, hide it all. And they were like, this will be a great M. Night Shyamalan twist. And then it's actually just this really kind of confusing and disappointing moment. Um, but yeah, so baby boy busts out the moves, uh, is what Shambo says and, uh, had to write that down. I I wrote down when they got back that Monica's probably panicking now, because if you're in Monica's shoes, the worst thing that can happen during this challenge is that Brett wins immunity because now she's the only remaining like loyal member of that Galoo Alliance that's vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, Monica should be stressing. And I tell you what, Monica, I was stunned by her play for the next 10, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I genuinely – so the first conversation that we that I have written down is Brett and Monica. They're laying in the oh, hut talking wait, bef- to Mick. Before that one, you just see oh, a before quick that. – Before that, you see a quick one just of Mick, Russell, and Jason where – they just recognize the positioning of the game. They see Monica on the bottom, and she's the clear target. And now we're going to get to see what is Monica going to try to do to raise her positioning in the game and save herself. So what were you saying? Yeah. So so the first conversation we see, right, Brett, Monica, Mick laying in the hut. Um, Brett and Monica casually really shit-talking, right? Like – yeah, man, I, I think it would be really tough to be, you know, in this position. I don't know who Russell's going to take. I think Russell's probably going to take uh, Natalie and Shambo. And 
they, they play a very bold game here. And Brett is still playing along, which I, I think shows how close the two of them are. Um, Monica seems like the leader, though. Oh, for this. sure. And, and Brett's more going along with the ride. But I think they're right. I think Russell's plan at this moment is to take Natalie and Shambo to the end. Right. But, and, and so Mick relates how he feels like the kid playing with the snake, which is the worst paraphrase I've ever heard of the scorpion and the frog parable. Uh, <laughs> are, are, are you familiar? Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay. Uh, so it, he's like, yeah, man, I'm, it's like I'm the kid and I'm playing with the snake and the snake's going to bite me at some point. Like, just say scorpion and the frog, dude. Like, it's <laughs> that's the parable. The kid and the snake isn't... Like, it got the same message ridiculous. across. It's it's the same thing where he's playing it, with someone that he knows will gun for him at some point. Yeah. And so that's all I have for that conversation. Well, one thing I wrote down here is we're at final seven, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to take a shot at Russell, now's the time to do it because Russell has that core alliance of three and he has the immunity idol. Yeah. So he's guaranteed to be safe at five. And if you don't take him take the shot at him at seven and you just get rid of Monica, then you're going to have a potential three, three split next episode where you mm-hmm. have Russell, Natalie Shambo on one side and then Jason Mick and um, Brett on the other. So right. I wrote down, this is do or die. If you don't take the shot at Russell now, you're not going to have the guaranteed numbers at any other point in the season other than maybe the final four. If Russell loses immunity. Right. Um, so Monica plants this seed. Uh, Mick and Jason talk. They're worried about this Russ, Natalie, Shambo trio. Um, Monica goes and talks to Russell uh, and basically reveals that she knows how much money he makes. Yeah. And, and this is where she says, look, if I'm on the jury, I'm voting based on need. Um, like I, I'm taking need into consideration. It's a really bold move. Honestly, in this circumstance, as Monica, kudos. What a great move to say, look, I, I, A, know this thing that you've been keeping very quiet. Uh, B, that makes me less inclined to vote for you once I'm on the jury. And C, oh yeah, your allies told me this thing you're wanting to keep quiet. See, I think and that's it, why it's it's a good move. I don't think it's a great move in the sense that she says, oh, I won't vote for you on the jury because what's her pitch there? Oh, you should take me to the final three because if I am on the, that's the only way that you can potentially get a jury vote because you'll never get mine. Hmm. I think the real value in that comment is showing to Russell that his allies aren't as loyal as they might appear to be. Right. And she also reveals Jason's plan that he wants to take Russell out on day 36. Right. And says, look, yeah, he said it to me himself. Like he's conscious of you having the idol and gunning for you. Um, uh, and, and looking to take you out when you can't use it. Um, Russell goes to Natalie. Yeah. Uh, this is Russell's. I labeled this section of the episode as Russell's temper tantrum. Yeah. So, so Russell, more angry than I think we've seen him. Yeah. Uh, after he finds out this little breach of secrecy, uh, goes to Natalie and is like, 
did you tell? And Natalie says no. And in the kind of commercials and bumpers for the show, they played this up to be a big climactic moment. Russell and Natalie are still tight. They're right? still tight, like but he's pretty rough. He's pretty harsh. He calls her stupid. He says, yeah. why would you do such a stupid thing? And we haven't seen this side of Russell in a while. I feel like it's been since the pre-merge, since we've seen this version of him as the aggressive, paranoid player. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. But but walks away from it relatively unscathed, right? I don't think he's in a position where he has to worry about Natalie. Yeah. Um, but so then he... Uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, he goes to Natalie. I think I know it from here. He goes to yeah, Natalie... Natalie doesn't know where that came from. He then approaches right. Brett, and Brett tells him that it came from Jason. So this is a big moment in the episode in terms of how is Jason going to respond to Russell accusing him of something that he actually did. And yeah. I was worried that Jason, being a genuinely nice guy, would own up to it and say that he did leak that information. But he makes yeah. the smart move here, and he tells Russell that Monica is making this up because she's on the bottom. Well, and, and he says that he doesn't remember telling her, but I think he might say that in a confessional. Here's the thing. Um, because I, I get the sense that Jason genuinely is trying to play like he doesn't know that, that he, he didn't do it. Like he, that he, sorry, that was not good English. Jason is, acting like he doesn't remember doing it, both to Russell and just to the camera. Uh, he definitely did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we see it, right? Uh, but that's the right move he, there. You can't tell yeah, Russell. It's the right move, but Monica knows very specifically, right? Monica says something along the lines of, I know you made a million dollars last year. That's so specific. There's no way she could have made that up. Yeah. Right? So think, Jason takes this move, but it's risky, right? It's it risky. It works. But at the end of the day, all Jason is doing is deterring blame. So Russell knows mm -hmm. that somebody leaked this information, and Jason is just trying to say that it wasn't him. Right. And right. I honestly think if Jason owned up to it, Russell would have gathered the, the votes against him for that tribal council. Yeah. And I was worried I mean, about Russell in this whole section. We haven't seen this paranoid version of him in a while. Yeah. And I think if he wants to be perceived as this strategic mastermind, the way that you can destroy that reputation is by looking angry and paranoid. Yeah. And he shows that side of himself to Brett and to Monica and to Jason and to Natalie. And, and to Natalie, yeah. I mean, he, he shows that to the majority of people left. Uh, and with and what Jason said earlier, I wonder with the way that Russell handled this, if Brett and Monica are thinking, hey, maybe Jason is right. Maybe Jason actually is the strategic mastermind of this operation because Russell can't clearly cannot clearly hold in his emotions. I tell you what, that is a great point that had not occurred to me. This really that really helped this episode work out in Jason's favor. That's a very, very good point. Um, do you have anything else before uh, tribal? I'm, I'm ready for tribal, and I Let's thought this was tribal. maybe the one of the more interesting tribal councils of the season mm -hmm. because everyone walks in, they all sit down, and Russell pulls the immunity idol out of his bag and publicly wears it in front of everybody. 
Yeah. And he has an interesting point here. He says that the idol, while sometimes it can create a target on your back, when the numbers are as low as they are now, it can actually push the votes onto somebody else. Right. And do you agree with this idea that Russell has of by presenting the idol, people will be too scared to put votes on him because if they do and he plays it, now it's a one out of five chance that it could be me. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I think um, the fact that he knows, right? He, if you're if you're a Monica, if you're a, a Brett, obviously Brett's got the immunity idol, um, and you're considering gunning for Russell at this point, and you rally everybody else that you think you can get. You get four out of the seven, right? You get Monica, you get Brett, you get Mick, you get Jason. And you're saying, all right, we're going to force him to play it. They've, like, all of a sudden at, at seven, Russell has Shambo and Natalie in his pocket. Four, three. He plays the idol. The four go away. His three get to take out whichever one of the, you know, opposing side they want besides the one with the immunity idol yeah the and immunity then from necklace then on, yeah yeah this the 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 one you get from the challenge yes yeah, the, the necklace the big boy the necklace well russell's wearing his as a necklace too the, yeah the ornate necklace but all of that to say then all of a sudden it's a three three where three is russell's majority or three is russell's alliance and the other three is Two FOA FOA members who've burned a bridge and one Galoo potentially, right? Yeah. Um, that's not a favorable situation, frankly. I mean, it's like you said, eight, I think, was the time to gun for him in this situation. So one question, seven, one question I wrote down then, because you're kind of hitting on this here. Do you yeah. think that they entered that tribal council with the goal of voting against Russell and then flipped the plan when he revealed that, or do you think that was never really on the table to begin with? I don't think it, I, I think there were doubts, right? But I don't think anything, I don't think we saw enough conversations between like a Brett and a Mick or a Jason and a Monica for, for that plan to have been anywhere beyond kind of the very earliest stages of discussion. Okay. So you think even if Russell doesn't present the idol here, the result is the same and he doesn't have many votes on him. I think so. I think it's just a reminder of who's the boss. Okay. Uh, and, and I think Russell is feeling shaken and he's wanting to shore up his own position, but everybody there is already conscious of it. It's just a reminder that he knows what's going on. Yeah. So everyone cast their votes. Russell chooses to not play the idol. Uh, something I oh. wrote down here. Oh, what? Oh, before the vote. Um, Monica stirs the pot so much. And oh, he, yeah. She and Russell have some great back and forth talking about, you know, uh, if Mo Russell says something along the lines of, look, if Monica had played a more aggressive game up to this point, she and I would be, you know, thick as thieves. And Monica's like, well, look, we made it to the same point, and I did it without any immunity idols. Like, there's some good back and forth there. And I tell you what, I did not like Monica before this episode. And this, you know, second half of this episode genuinely turned me around on her. I think really? she. Really? I'm surprised she didn't like Monica. 
How much of this cast do you hate? You don't like Dave. You don't like Laura. You don't like Monica. I I didn't dislike Monica as much as I dislike some of the others, but she she hadn't stood out. And this is where she really shone. Uh, but so I just wanted to, to give her some kudos because she is in a tough spot, right? Yeah. I wish She's we saw this side of her earlier in the season. But but I, what I want to highlight here is, I mean, it would have been great to see it more earlier, but she really kind of took a backseat to Laura. Um She's on the chopping block, right? She's in the minority. Uh, she's doesn't have the idol in the minority. And yet she is not only playing her heart out, sowing all of this discord, putting the most fear in Russell we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Compared to the Dave vote, yeah. this felt way more up in the air than that first one. And, and she's doing it all with a smile handles it like a champ is genuinely a fearsome like competitor i was uh i mean i i was thrilled by it i thought she was a star here Aww. um and so i just want to give her her moment in the sun before the vote because uh yeah let's go so to the vote the vote happens russell chooses to not play the immunity idol D- did you mm-hmm. expect him to play it or no. did you know it was a bluff it was a bluff okay i didn't expect him to play it either the thing i wrote down was Last episode, Russell coordinates a vote against John because John mm. knew about the idol, and now he's parading it to tribal council wearing it around his neck. Right. Which I mean, it, makes that John vote feel a little bit nonsensical, but I can get past that. Yeah, John is over on the jury fuming, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Like, what has gone wrong? So the uh, votes come in, and it's a 5-2. to two. Monica goes home. The only mm-hmm. other two votes are from Brett and Monica – voting against russell and those two votes i think i might disagree with you i think the original plan was to vote for russell and he deterred it when he when he whipped out the idol because i think if that plan was never a real consideration brett Mm -hmm. would have just tried to stay in the majority to integrate within that group and cast his vote against monica i think the brett vote is the sign that this was a legitimate plan that was about to happen but yeah monica goes home but luckily for you, she comes back <gasps> and plays again in another season. I am so I'm I tell you, who else comes back? Russell Swan. So she is our third of four returnees on this right. season. We have Russell Swan comes back in season 25 Philippines. We have mm-hmm. Laura Moret comes back in season 27 Blood versus Water. Mm-hmm. And now we have Monica who comes back in season 31 the Second Chance, which was a season meant for players who've only played once and they had a nationwide vote and monica oh, got like enough who, votes to get into the game that's pretty cool yeah oh okay so that raises a question for me before we move on um people who've only played twice or who, who this will be their second time playing how what's the record for most for times most played? seasons yeah oh five i think it's five five yeah like one in eight, you've been in one in eight seasons of this show. Yeah, it's Boston Rob. I've heard that name. I don't. It's I've not the seen most it most popular figure in the history of the show. Uh, yeah, he's played five times. Man, which okay, is crazy. No one else that is crazy has hit five. But so some questions I have for you on the Monica vote, please. Do you think it's a bad move? It was a bad move by Monica to target Russell over Jason. Do you think she would have had more success? If she, instead of focusing on the amount of money that 
Russell made and pushing the target on him when he overreacts? Would mm-hmm. she have been better off saying, look, Jason betrayed your trust. Let's get him out now while you have while you definitely have the numbers because at six, it could be a split 3-3. That's an excellent point. She absolutely should have done that. And also, Jason's a massive physical threat. There's a chance yeah. he could, like, given who's left, Mick is going to challenge Jason in these challenges. But I think there's a good chance that with and three Brett. challenges left, eh, I'm not too worried about Brett. <laughs> I mean, but Brett, I, I, to, to give him his day, Brett he was cooking. He cooked this one. I mean, he's been marinating. He's been, he's got that special yeah. sauce. It did take him all season to finish this dish, so I really don't know if we're going to see another Brett immunity win. This was the entree, and there may be no dessert. Yeah, but I think there's a chance Jason wins out in challenges, so I would understand a, a vote there. Um, I'm seeing yeah. if I have any other questions for that you. Was, that's a very good point. Uh, I thought I had a question for you, but... Oh, uh, I hit on this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So... Was this the right episode to do a double elimination? Would it have been a boring episode if we did one for just Dave and one for just Monica? Would it have been like too predictable? I think so. I think probably. Um, I think uh, just because the Dave one especially was so straightforward and the Monica one, frankly, the only thing that made the Monica vote compelling was Monica herself. Yeah, and Uh, Russell overreacting. Yeah, I mean, but that's because of Monica. Like, yeah. Monica made all of that interesting. Um, and so at the it almost, you know, we we can dunk on the producers for being a little lazy here and there, rushing things a little bit. But I think this was going to be pretty predictable given how tight the FOFO 4 have been. Yeah. Uh, my question for you, just to look at this episode. Looking at the FOA-FOA 4, looking at the conversations that have come up, and how active we're seeing Jason be, is Mick being too passive? Oh, of course. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Of course Mick is being too passive. Because what is Mick's winning scenario at this point? If he goes to the end with Jason, I think Jason beats him. Mm -hmm. I think if he goes to the end with Russell, I think Russell beats him. I think if he goes to the end with Brett, Brett beats him. Mm-hmm. I think the only person that he beats uh, left in the game is uh, Shambo. I think I t- he loses well, to Natalie too. I would throw out. I mean, there's clearly some un- unearned, from our perspective, love for Brett. I think a Shambo Brett Mick final. Mick has a strong argument towards. Oh no, I think Brett. I think Brett cleans up in that scenario. You think, you think the glue loyalty just beats everything? Okay, my thought is that. Eric Cardona is the one that's bitter towards Galoo because right. they turned on him while they had the numbers. Right. After the Eric boot, Kelly isn't going to be bitter towards that alliance. I don't think Laura is. I don't think Monica is. I think the majority of those ex-Galoo members will vote for a Galoo person at the end. Interesting. Okay. That's but fair. I mean, that's like I... the chaos final three of the three random players that we've barely seen that yeah. have been super passive all game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but so, winners, losers? Uh, before that, I have a couple last questions. One of them is just a oh, comment man. I wrote okay. down where <laughs> we talked about this earlier, but I wrote down, I can't believe that Brett is the last standing member of that Galoo Alliance. Like, 
Now knowing that Brett makes it way further than Dave, Monica, Laura, John, and Eric, it's actually yeah. criminal that the producers gave him so little screen time. It, it just doesn't make any sense that this guy is going to outlast all of those players, yet he's the least relevant of all of them. Yeah, I mean, it really is a disservice to him that he's making he's made it to the final six and it took the final seven for him to get any to even honestly for me to really if we hadn't made a joke out of it i wouldn't have learned his name right yeah like, it's crazy it, how the narrative shifted this episode <laughs> all season we've been making fun of brett for his little screen time and this is the one where we say that he's an underrated superstar we're falling yeah. into the trap that everyone else is on the season saying that he's the golden retriever i mean honestly in this one i wouldn't have in the back half of this episode it wouldn't have surprised me if they put a halo around him anytime he spoke <laughs> like like a little just angelic music comes like where uh shambo had the military music and the hick had the drum roll or the yeah. the hillbilly music if they played like some angelic choir behind him that that wouldn't surprise me given how much they try to cram brett as hero down our throats in this episode yeah so last two things i have is hey me so i know we talked about there's that alliance of three that russell has formed it is Brett the target which, which, next episode of Russell, Natalie, Shambo? Is is Brett the next mm, to go, do you think, if he doesn't win immunity? So I think the thing that Russell has to weigh is he wants to take those other two to the final. But those other two are conscious of... I'm sure Natalie is, and I'm giving Shambo a little bit too much credit here. If I'm Russell, I'm going to be very careful about turning on a Mick or a Jason, who the other two are still close with. So I would probably start with Brett, yeah. Okay. I'm hoping next episode that Brett wins immunity, because if he mm. does win, it'll be a way more interesting vote. That's a great point. What if this back half of this episode is setting up for Brett's heroic arc? Like Brett wins every immunity left in the show. That'd be wild. People have done that before where they win out challenges at the end and just power their way to the final tribal council and win it. But I think if Brett wins immunity next episode, it'll be really interesting to see how that group divides mm -hmm. and it'll really come down to who can pull Brett onto their side. Like Brett becomes not only the person that's safe, but he's also the key swing vote. Right. Because it it's Brett... It's either Brett joins Russell or it's a tie, right? Yeah. And so the, nobody the wants really a tie. Well, it, yeah. for Brett, it doesn't make a difference. If he causes a tie he does, and it stays a tie, he doesn't have to draw a rock if he wins That's immunity. That's a very good point, yeah. So it's crazy how he's went from this irrelevant character to potentially being the most powerful player in the next episode. Yeah. Um, uh, last thing I have is, do you have a final three prediction? What, what's your guess? We got six We got six people left right so, now. I have to say Mick, don't I? I'll, I'll let you say, like, Mick no. is your winner pick that's set in stone. Yeah, so Mick has to be in my final three. I, it doesn't make sense for me to predict a final three that doesn't have my winner in it. Yeah. Mick, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, who's got that third spot? Mm. That's tough. I think if you have a Mick win... You have to put Shambo in that third spot. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's Shambo. I think it's a Shambo Natalie Mick trio. Okay, cool. And I cool. tell you what, of those three, I would prefer to see Natalie win. Although I'm sticking with Mick for my favorite. Oh, I think in that and three, Natalie wins pretty handedly. I think in that three, Mick wins because we get the sense that people love Mick, and I don't think a lot really? of those girls on Galoo would. Uh, no, I think I they a love lot of them Natalie. Feel betrayed. Natalie's no, the I one that went betrayed. to the girls at the merge and told them about Eric throwing out Monica's name. Yeah, and then looked how, look how that uh, worked out yeah. for him. She turned on them later, but I feel like Russell gets the majority of the blame. Mm, um, maybe. Okay. So you want to do winners first or losers? Uh, let's do winners. Okay. You want me to start? Please. Okay. My winner of this episode is Jason. Mm-hmm. I think he does a good job of spreading the idea to that group of Monica, Brett, and Dave that He's played a bigger strategic role in the FOA FOA alliance than he actually did. And yeah. prior to this episode, I thought Jason would have zero chance against Russell in a final tribal council. After this one, I think there's a good chance Jason beats Russell if they make it to the end together. Yeah. I think Jason's done a way better job at forming those social bonds, and he's taken some of that strategic credit from Russell. Um, and I think he's, we give credit to Monica for causing Russell's outburst. But the origin of that is really Jason by leaking that information. He leaks the financial information to Monica, who leaks it to Russell, and then Russell freaks out. So without Jason, that string of events doesn't even happen. Um, And last thing I wrote down is he's positioned in a spot where he's capable of voting Russell out next episode, but that's going to require that he pulls in Brett and Natalie. And I think Brett is doable, but Natalie will be the tough one. Yeah, Nat, that's a serious challenge because if I'm Natalie, I'm going to feel like uh, the black sheep in any group that doesn't involve Russell for sure. But, uh, but it, he can't yeah. pull – like he won't be able to pull Shambo on the side. Like Natalie no. is for sure the move there. So he's yeah. my winner. How about yeah. how about you? Who would you pick? He, he is also my winner for all of those reasons uh, and frankly, some of those I didn't even catch my first time around. But I think he's in a great – great spot oh, he's and, done and he won right immunity things. this episode i think he's got yeah, more he, immunities than he's tied for most on the season the only other person that has two is laura yeah i mean he's a great player i think he you know uh stands a great chance in future immunity challenges i think he can build i think he's tight with mick i think mick's passivity is going to benefit jason in the, in the long run I think he shows some awareness for Shambo that if he played it right, could work out for him. I'm not saying that he plays that to turn against Russell necessarily, but I think he could use that dynamic in the right way. Um, yeah, I think he's in a great spot. Nice. So who do you have who, as your, your loser? loser? No, no, no. Who's your loser? Well, I went first for the winner. You got this one. Okay. Uh I think Russell's my loser. Okay, I have the same one. Well, okay, I think I, we, we agree. No, we didn't agree last episode. But is this the first time we've ever agreed on both? I don't. No, think we've so. agreed on both once or twice earlier this season. But it's this isn't rare, the first though. time. Yeah, it doesn't happen uh, that often. I mean, so the reason I think he's the loser is he's got, you know, he, he's got his little alliance, but the cracks are showing. He's got the idol. Um, Pressure is going to be on for him, and people are going to be gunning for him. And 
frankly, I don't think there's a there's no narrative he can spin where he he fades into the background at this point. Like oh, yeah. he has successfully That's been done his a gameplay all season. Before. Yeah. Uh, and so I think he, I'm, I'm not saying like he's guaranteed to go out in the next episode, but I mean, he, he's in trouble and, and and I think something Russell has struggled with in this season is pacing. He is constantly making great moves. He's made some missteps. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's some timing things where, there are, have been moments where if he had been willing to step back and let things take their course away from him, he could have waited another episode to play an idol or waited another episode to make a move. And uh, I shouldn't divide it by episodes. He could have waited an, another vote. He could have gotten closer to the end before making some pivotal moment. And um, no, that's, yeah, a really fair, think, that's a really fair point because – Theoretically, these votes, the Dave vote and the Monica vote, should have been yeah. really straightforward. If you have this dominant alliance that just picks them off one by one, and Russell makes it more complicated for himself than he really needs to. He like by having that outburst at camp, it makes that vote a lot, I don't know, more complex and people were actually yeah. looking at him at, as a potential target. The other thing I wrote down is I wonder if Russell reaches the end of the game and there is Natalie on the jury and there's Monica on the jury. I question if either of them would even vote for him at this point. I think the way he treats them in this episode could be enough to lose their jury votes, especially if he sits at the end next to someone like a Jason or a Brett who is perceived as these really nice people. Yeah. I think there's a chance that he burned those bridges more so with Monica. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like this whole time, Monica felt very antagonized by Russell. Mm. And I think in the same way that Laura is a locked non-vote for Shambo, I think Monica is a locked non-vote for Russell. That's a great point. I mean, I think she made it clear herself. She's taking need into account. And when he did nothing to dissuade her from that, that's done for her, Yeah. right? Well, there's nothing he can do to control the income, right? And I don't think he could potentially convince her otherwise that he didn't make that money. I think the move there is to just say, yeah, that's true. Um, I hope that if you are on the jury at the end of the game and I'm at the final tribal council that you vote based on merit in the game rather than what happens outside the game. And that's all he can really say. And if she holds that grudge, then that's her decision, right? But if... If that's true, what she said, and I think that was actually a lie about voting based on need to poke at oh, him. Oh, interesting. Then okay. he only exacerbates that more when he freaks out. So okay. who's your honorable mention? Is it Eric for the uh, for the V-neck? Uh, no, actually. Um, do you have – I feel like I always go first on honorable mentions. So I feel like you – and I went first on the loser. So who's your dishonorable mention? Okay. Once again, I'm the bearer of bad news <laughs> oh, okay. for this week's dishonorable mention sponsored by the new Sprint Palm Prix. We have <laughs> Chef Brett really? as the dishonorable, dishonorable mention. mention for Brett. So I give Brett credit because he saved himself by winning that last immunity challenge, right? right. But he's still positioned on the outside of that Foa Foa Alliance plus Shambo. And if mm-hmm. I were a betting man, I would put my money on that alliance staying together 
than splitting up next episode. I think it's more likely that if Brett doesn't win immunity, they do the easy vote and just knock him out. Yeah. And I think his biggest mistake here is he votes against Russell in the second tribal council. And Mm -hmm. we have a history of how Russell responds to adversity. And I'm positive that Russell's going to gun for him the second he has the opportunity to. The the other fault I found in Brett's game is he wasn't able to convince Jason or Russell to flip on a FOFO member instead of his two Galoo Alliance members. Right. He had an opportunity to flip the game and he wasn't, he didn't have those social connections despite being seen as the golden retriever of the season. (laughs) The golden child. Yeah. No, no, no. So Mick, not Mick is the golden retriever. Brett is the golden golden child. child. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's our episode title. The golden retriever and the golden child. (laughs) The two golden boys. Uh, I mean, that, that's all very fair. Um, yeah, he's been my dishonorable mention back-to-back weeks now. Shout-out to Brett. Chef Brett cooking his way to the bottom. Uh, so my honorable mention this week is uh, uh, unconventional in a new way. Oh, okay, great. Did you, any guesses? Given that literally everything on the screen is up for grabs for this award, including the chickens at the camp, including members of the jury, I'm a guess uh, Liz Kim, who was voted out in the pre-merge. <laughs> I forgot about her. I completely forgot about her. Oh, man. Uh, is it her? Am I right? Was it her? No. Uh, my, honorable, my honorable mention this week is Monica. My honor. Wait, you gave it to a real player? I gave it to a real player who lost the episode. Yeah, I'm just happy at least it's a human that I mean, steps in the right direction from last time. Listen, don't think I wasn't looking for something uh, uh, with feathers to give credit to. But uh, <laughs> uh, actually, no, my honorable mention oh, is the bowling pins. I was no. going to say you should have given it to Shambo's uh, friends in a bowling league. No, no, no. My honorable. I, this is a genuine honorable mention. Obviously, she lost. But we have not seen a player in her shoes play so well um, where there was a clear target on her. Every other time we've seen somebody in that kind of position, they've faltered. They've taken a swing that was either too big or too small, or they've just sat back, right? Monica knew she was in trouble, and she did, I think, nearly everything she possibly could have sowed a lot of discord and made it so that we were both, uh, I think you and I kind of feeling like she had turned the tide. Um, Oh no. Yeah. I think she did turn the tide until Russell pulled out the idol. Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's why she deserved to come back to, for another uh, season. I mean, she's a great, great player. Uh, who, yeah, I was about to know. say that. I think if not for this episode, Monica doesn't come back and play again. I think her gameplay, just in the not even the full episode, just the second half. Yeah, where she Pivotal. makes Russell go crazy. If not for that, I don't think she's voted to play a second time. Absolutely. I mean, it is absolutely pivotal and just kudos, Monica. Really, really well done. Uh, big fan. Uh, put you right up there on Mount Rushmore with the chickens and with Eric. Um, yeah. My only complaint but, with uh, her, though, is I wish we saw more of this gameplay earlier in the season because she yeah. showed here that she has potential to make things happen. She has the social connections. 
I don't think she's won a challenge this season, so she's not as great physically, but no. she has that strategic mind of what to do in a certain scenario, but she just didn't show that until it was really too late. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a shame. Um, she uh, was willing to sit back with the little girl squad on Galoo, um, but it worked out, right? And part of part of, you know... Part of her not showing this much strategy was Galoo had a majority for a long time and didn't have to worry. We didn't have to see her playing like this for a long time. Yeah, she attended one tribal council in the pre-merge. Yeah, it's very cool to see that when the pressure was on, she could perform because a lot of people have crumbled under less. Yeah. Uh, But so. That's everything uh, I have, though. Any last yeah. notes? Any uh, notes on the commercials? I got to tell you, man, the commercials have been genuinely disappointing. A lot of insurance, what? a lot of erectile dysfunction. I think that Paramount Plus, since I came back to D.C., I think Paramount Plus thinks I'm a middle-aged man. Um, it's kind of uh, depressing. Are they D.C.-specific commercials? No, they're like, you know, normal commercials, but it's a lot of insurance and a lot of like, do you have anxiety? Do you struggle to perform in the bedroom? Well, then try this. Man, uh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. So it, it uh, the voice of the people seems to be speaking for uh, uh, people in their 50s or whatever, but Man. that's okay. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Survivor <laughs> Analytics and uh, catch us next week where we look at the final six of Survivor Samoa. Oh, boy.